Oh, so, so many, so many have experienced your, your leadership. Um, whoa, come on, here's Anne. Um, but for us, having experienced you close up, particularly in recent years, we thought it would be a good opportunity for people to hear what you're really like as well. So we've got some words that we're going to um, describe you with, that we think describe you well. The way we just said it, it feels like we're at a wedding. Anyway, <laughs> first up, John and Debbie, you are wise. Like through the years, we have benefited from your wisdom, uh, from watching you make decisions. The way you're so humble that you will seek the wisdom of others more wise than yourselves and more experienced. Um, the wisdom that you bring, but also, ultimately, you are the ones to always ask the question, what is it that the Bible has to say before making a decision on anything? It's amazing. Yeah, and whatever curveball comes your way, you always seem to know what to say. Um, in fact, we have picked up some of these little phrases from you, from hearing them so often. Like, what does the Bible say? The question, what's best for the church? You ask it over and over again. Um, if you have to strive to get somewhere, you have to strive to stay there, says John. Um, think the best. Um, a pound is a pound. Yeah, we've understood that one. Um, sleep on it. Systems save yourselves time, energy and money. Um, if there's a disagreement that threatens unity, well, let's disagree agreeably. And uh, sometimes we've heard you say this one over and over again. When something's gone like a little bit wrong or we feel like we failed at something, you say to us, Debbie, sometimes you just die. And uh, as pastors of the flock, you have reminded us over and over again to love the church. Next phrase, servant-hearted. Um, you have modelled what it looks like to be a servant um, and to have a servant heart with Jesus as your inspiration. We saw this a few years ago when the kids team, there was this desperate need for more team. You were the first to get in there, put the blue t-shirts on um, and roll around on the carpet with our kids getting playing with the Duplo and hammer beads, we learned. And you absolutely loved every moment of it. But we have also got to see the way that you have served others so faithfully behind the scenes as well. Yeah, Debbie, I remember one of the first times I took you on a trip somewhere as uh, I was your driver and I went to pick up your bag and you were like, absolutely not, I'll carry my own bag. And I sort of said, well, I think that's what I'm here to do. I'd love to help you. And you said, I know you would, but I'm a servant and I will always carry my own bag, stuck with me forever. Um, I remember having a party years ago at my house. I think it's my 30th, so it was years ago. And I came in thinking I'm going to have to do all the washing up and it all been done because these guys behind the scenes had done it all. It was amazing. And uh, John, I can remember not one, but several occasions where you have interrupted a conversation with me um, to stoop down because you have been concerned that I'm going to trip over my untied shoelaces and you have tied my laces for me. It's quite a thing as a grown man to have your laces tied by your boss. Um, but that's John's servant heart for you. Did you tie them yourself this morning? I will not today. Perfect, just in case. perfect. Um, John and Debbie, you are human. One of the things we love about you is that despite that you are these amazing, incredible leaders, you are also human beings. Matt just said it, but it's reassuring to us that despite the fact you love so well, that you forget so well, you forget names of staff members, senior team. Once I think you even called me John. Um, <laughs> but it reminds us that you're normal sort of normal. Um, most of our meetings start with you telling us about what TV programmes you're obsess obsessively binge watching um, or, the, or the latest bargain you've snapped up. And uh, although we've seen the Sunday bloopers, honestly, guys, if we had had the cameras rolling all the time, we would, it would be absolutely hilarious. We've had so, many, so much fun along the way. Yeah, the next word, energetic. 
Um, one of the reasons that we were really surprised when you initiated the conversation about the leadership transition, um, amongst many reasons to be surprised, is that you're both so youthful and energetic Duracell bunnies. At our retreats, um, John is always the first one on and the last one off the volleyball court. Um, and you're invariably the last ones playing games um, at the end of the night. But of course, you save your best energy for loving your family and for loving this church. And we remember during the pandemic, there were, there were so many times where we were flagging, but your passion and your commitment was tireless. I remember when I was, had COVID, um, being sort of having a second wind when I heard um, the familiar sound of your Saab pulling up outside to drop off treats for us. Um, and you led us through that time incredibly with every fresh pivot and new direction that came every week. Um, you're so energetic. You are also unique. You two are both sort of one in a million just in yourself. So put you both together, that is a com combination of one in a thousand billion. Basically, there's no one like you guys. Uh, you've got extremely refined tastes. Um, you know, you love the latest food fads and your consumption of Cadbury's dairy milk buttons is to be unrivaled. Uh, you've also got, I don't know if you know this, but you've got distinctive smells, in a good way, don't worry. And there's been countless times when I've been around and maybe had a prayer meeting and had my eyes closed and like, what's that? And I know exactly who it is. Yeah. <laughs> then, of course, um, John's renowned, unique attention to detail. Whilst you are incredibly releasing and empowering in so many things, there are certain things that absolutely must be done the right way. Um, these things include how to baptise people with the metronome rhythm, um, how to lay out chairs, how to cook bacon, how to adjust blinds, how to hold a microphone, and of course, how to mop up a coffee stain using John's simple five-step process. <laughs> you are also the best team. Like, you guys complement each other in the best ways. I don't know how many times you've told us that between the two of you, you have everything on the Myers-Briggs spectrum. You basically got it all. Yeah, and you bring out the best in each other. You model, as a team, healthy conflict in the most wonderful and sometimes amusing ways. Uh, we love it when Debbie's going a bit off-piste and we see John's hands just coming over to steer her in the right direction. And we also love it, John, when you're telling a story and Debbie helpfully points out, darling, I can tell it so much better. <laughs> Yeah, you guys love the Lord. You have modelled to us and to this church so faithfully what an authentic faith of following the Lord looks like. You're the first ones who are fired up. You're the first ones on the plane when something in the world, when the spirit starts breaking out, you are the ones always to say yes to the kingdom opportunities. And you never, this is what I love, no matter what time of day it is, if I've got a story, anyone's got a story of someone coming to faith, you guys want to know about it. It's incredible. Yeah. Steadfast. 27 years building campaigns, credit crunches, all the significant events in our church and in our city, times of rejoicing, times of loss and mourning. We have watched you count the cost, absorb the blows, sending out church plants, making impossibly difficult leadership calls, leading in season and out, and through all the fashion and associated haircuts that have come with it. With Jesus as your rock, You've been steadfast. And there are moments, so many other words that we could use to describe you. We could go on and talk about your love of whiskey. It's been mentioned before. Debbie's love of nail salons, motorbikes, different types of salt. This is a new um, interest. Um, 
and of course the aging souped up Saab. But enough of the banter, we've got some sincere things that we want to say as well. Yeah, if you guys don't know, 20 years ago I came to Trent as a student, described as one, by one of my friends as the most discouraging Christian they had ever met. Um, it was harsh, but to be honest, there was some reality to it. Um, but it's here, as I walked through those doors all those years ago, that I found a church that I could call home, and where I learned what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus and to live it out. It's also a home where I've made friends who have become family. Uh, John and Debbie, on this day, I, I can't put into words just how much being a part of this church and your leadership has impacted me. Uh, you've taught me what a surrendered life looks like. You've always encouraged me to follow the Lord, whatever the cost, and you've modelled it so brilliantly. You've celebrated with me. You've seen me at my best. Sometimes, Debbie, we've laughed until we've cried. Being told off and sent to bed for playing games and eating chocolate in that prayer house in the Holy Land will stick with me forever. As well as the 10-hour road trip to Scotland where you and Nick and myself never pause for breath. But you've also been there when I've made the mistakes, when I've lacked faith in those moments which you know so well when I felt like giving up, when I've lost any sense of positivity. You've loved me through it. You've challenged me when I've needed it. You've prayed for me. Sometimes you've just offered me the Coke Zero, which always seems to be in your fridge. You really honestly have, you've shown me how to lead. You've shown me how to love the church, to love the Lord. Your passion for him, honestly, it's infectious. It's genuine. It's as real in the storms as it is in the sunshine. And I'm so grateful for your friendship and for you allowing me to see you through it all. You've been there every step of the way. You have relentlessly championed me and cheered me on. It's just honestly, there's no way that I'd be doing what I'm doing today if you hadn't believed in me. John and Debbie, I'm so grateful to you, for you, and I will forever be. John. So one question that I've been um, wondering, and you might want to consider this question yourself. What would my life look like if John and Debbie hadn't come to Nottingham to plant Trent Vineyard? And I know in a way it's a kind of a hypothetical question, we just don't... No, but just to think about the stuff that's happened to me through this church. I met Abby, my wife here. Most of my closest friends and the people who've had the most impact on my faith have been part of this church at some point. Our wedding, um, dedicating our kids here. I encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time in this church. And starting from an extremely immature and insecure place, I have slowly learned everything that I know about leadership here. I have been invested in, despite myself, and you've encouraged me and taught me and backed me 100% fiercely so. You've cared enough to teach us about the little things, like how to avoid looking left too many times when you're doing a sermon, remember that lesson, or how to adjust the blinds. But you have also loved us enough to be gracious about the big things, like the time I ordered a whole roof of a building in the wrong colour. Well, the time I smashed one of those um, cafe glass doors and the many times I've had to come to you, tail between my legs and confess about my latest shortcoming. John, your kingdom optimism, I don't know anybody who has as much kingdom optimism as you do, and it has slowly softened my worldly cynicism. And through the two of you, even I am coming round to the idea that in Christ 
I can actually do this. And so, like I said, it's a hypothetical. I don't know what my life would be like if you hadn't done this. But what I can say is that without your leadership, your mentorship, your love, I just don't know where I'd be. And I count myself amongst the thousands whose lives would look dramatically different, dramatically poorer, if you hadn't got in that car, come up the M1 and planted this church in 1996. And so our overwhelming response is one of gratitude to you both. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. John and Debbie, Debbie, thank thank you. you. Thank you. So now it's time to hear from them. Ladies and gentlemen, John and Debbie Wright. Well, thank you so much for celebrating the last 27 years and and for celebrating us. It's just somewhat overwhelming. Um, The reality is that there is nothing significant. There's nothing um, substantial that was ever achieved, um, not down to a couple of people, but it's a team effort, isn't it? It's a team effort. When we started, it was just the two of us, our son, Zach and Jordan, and three other couples. We came up from London, and they, together with so many individuals, have played their part on the journey. Leaders, staff members, volunteers, generous givers, intercessors, creative people, servant-hearted people, some of whom have now gone to be with the Lord, but they all did what needed to be done. We've laughed and cried together. We've shared all kinds of ups and downs and we're so grateful to our children for bearing with us in the ups and downs. Uh, We are indebted to them and all of you and everybody who's contributed so that by God's grace, Trent could be the loving church that it is today. As the picture over there on the wall described says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. But I love the message translation. It says, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. And I think it's fair to say that Trent Vineyard is a lot more than a shack. Evidently, it is the Lord who has been building and graciously inviting each of us to play our part with him. As I consider my life and Debbie's life, I'm reminded of the song, Goodness of God whose lyrics we sang this morning contain these words. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. All my life you have been faithful. And all my life you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And since Debbie and I committed our lives to Christ well over 50 years ago, that has been our personal experience. But it's also been the experience of this church. I think these lyrics speak profoundly into the life of Trent Vineyard thus far. The Lord's mercy has never failed us. All our days we've been held in his hands. All our life as a church, he has been faithful. All our life, he has been so, so good. And we never want to stop singing of the goodness of God. And as we hand the leadership of the church on to John in two weeks' time, 
Our prayer and expectation is that this reality will continue to be experienced. Our prayer is that the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the experience of being held in his hands will be known in greater measure than we have yet seen. A passage that's been key throughout the years of Trent Vineyard is the first two verses of Hebrews 12, where the writer exhorts us. He says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. In some of the building expansion phases we've gone through as a church, our theme has been the race marked out for us. And you can see it on the picture. It was at one point hung in the reception for many years. But at key points in the life of Trent, we talked about the next leg of the race. As we gave vast sums of money and to buy land and build more facilities, we counted what the next leg of the race would cost us as individuals. And at those times, we looked back at how the Lord had so faithfully done so many wonderful things in previous years. Children and youth and people coming to faith, being discipled, loving each other, serving, worshipping, ministering to each other and the poor and vulnerable. And then leaving to plant and serve in other places and committing to running the race with perseverance. The next leg of the race, which the Lord had clearly marked for us. It's always involved steps of faith. It always has involved fixing our eyes on Jesus. Rather than the significant challenges ahead of us. And we chose obedience. John and I were called to plant and serve this wonderful community of faith as its leaders. We ran each leg of the race that the Lord marked out for us. And each individual who played their part, who prayed and fasted and served and gave, ran with us. And we ran it together. And the Lord mightily blessed us. As we pass on the baton of leadership of the church to John, as one might in a relay race, we have run the various legs of the race that the Lord uh, called us to lead through. And as we step more fully now into leading the Vineyard Movement in the UK and Ireland with some global involvement as well, we have a, a new leg of our race to run, which we are committed, of course, to running with perseverance. God called us to lead this church from its inception until now, and we have sought to do that diligently. And we're absolutely delighted that God has very evidently called John to fulfill his assignment. Our assignment is done to fulfill his assignment leading Trent going forward. The baton pass happens officially, as you know, in two weeks' time, and we're confident that in this season of transition, John is now fully up to speed. He has a firm grasp on the baton, and we let go with full confidence. Mm. If this is your church, the Lord has marked out the next leg of the race for each of you. It is to run together with perseverance, the next leg of the race, with John leading and your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Run it with diligence. Do what the Lord asks of you. Contribute your unique gifts and experience. Be generous with your resources to help this beautiful expression of the body of Christ be all that the Lord has called it to be. We'll be here as church members running with you under John's leadership. And we're excited in our expectation that the best is yet to come. We are incredibly grateful to all of you who have served alongside us over these many years. It has been just an immense privilege, an absolute honor 
to have served in the role we've had as your pastors. But we are very clear that, uh, about where the credit for the good things which have happened here lies. Those of you who've been around for a while will recognize the way I have finished my talk on, I think, every single Vision Sunday through the whole life of the church. And we finish together today the same way. To God, God be, the glory. be the glory. Great, Great things, things he, he has, has done. done.